So how do you take control of the sale without being controlling or manipulative? In this week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast, we're going to go there. My name is Paul Castain from Castain Training Systems, and I'm the author of the YourSalesPlaybook.com blog and your host for the Sales Playbook Podcast. I've personally trained over 50,000 sales reps, sales leaders, and business owners to sell more. So get your playbooks ready because school is now in session. This week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast is brought to you by our 2022 sales program. Going to be talking about it at the end of the podcast. If you'd like to have a look at it now, please visit yoursalesplaybook.com slash sales22. So let's talk about this a little bit just to kind of cue up this episode. I'm sure we would all agree that it's very important to establish control when you're working a deal with a potential client. Now, before we go any further, I know that there's, there are some people that have an issue, I guess, with, with, with my word choice here of control. I want to be very clear in something. I don't mean, you know, control in an evil sense. I certainly don't want you to confuse it with being controlling or manipulative or salesy and certainly not sleazy. I want you to think about it more in guiding the sale. But I'm sure we would agree that it's very important to be able to guide them to make a decision that's best for them, right? I mean, I'm sure we would agree with that. And there are also lots of things throughout the sales cycle that you could do to kind of establish this control. But today I want to talk about something that I'm positive you're already familiar with it, right? So this is not going to be, oh, I've never heard that before. But it's also something that you're just because you're familiar with it, and I'm sure you're even using it, I feel like you're not getting the most out of this one thing because you're just understanding part of why you should use it, right? And that was kind of confusing what I just said there. So let me just kind of put all the cards on the table. I'm talking about the use of an agenda statement when you begin a meeting, right, with a potential client, I think it's particularly powerful on that very first meeting that you have, that discovery call. And that's kind of where I'm going to go with it today. But understand, you could use it for every single meeting that you have with them. You could also do it with your clients, by the way. And But if I were to ask you, why... You know, why do you? Why should you use an agenda statement? And, and I just realized I screwed up here. Just so that we're all learning from the same perspective, let me just define an agenda statement. An agenda statement is something that you say at the beginning of the meeting, and it basically lays out the agenda for the meeting. All right. That I mean, that's all there is to it, right? It's just a very simple concept. And again, duh, Paul, right? I, I'm positive you're doing this already. 
but there is hidden potential in this agenda statement that's actually going to help you to gain control. So if I were to ask you, well, why why should you use an agenda statement? You'd probably tell me, well, you know, it's it's proper business etiquette. It, it, it's really what you should do at the beginning of the meeting. I want to offer you three main reasons why I believe agenda statements are critical. First of all, it's going to help you establish that control. Second, the second reason why you're going to use an agenda statement is to create a collaborative relationship. A collaborative relationship. Now, we're just going to stop on that one for a minute. There's a lot of people who believe that you know, the customer is king and the prospect is king. I don't. Now, right away, you might be thinking, oh, wow, what a dick this guy is. I don't mean it in the sense that I think I'm better than them. Hell no, right? And I would take exception to the opposite of that statement. You know, the customer is king or, you know, the prospect is king and and all that. If you were to say, well, you know, the sales rep is king, I'd say, oh, no, no, girlfriend. I what i believe that we should strive for is more of a peer-to-peer relationship and one that is collaborative because especially if you're going to be working with them ongoing like in my world if we have a courtship and then you become my client i don't pass it on to another sales trainer i'm going to be working with you myself so it's very important that we learn how to work together i think that's important right? And why not, as the saying goes, start from the beginning, right? And that's what we're doing here. So the second reason why we do an agenda statement is to establish that collaborative relationship. The third and final, and and I'm saying third and final, there's other reasons, but for today, the third and final is because we want to establish the proper buying and selling environment. We want to establish the proper buying, right? Because we want to put them first, right? This is all about them. We want to establish the proper buying environment and we want the proper selling environment. The reason why I think this one is so important is because sometimes people don't give you enough time to do your job properly. Um, A lot of the time in sales, we love to use doctor the doctor analogy, right? Being a good doctor. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I would never think of going in for an exam and saying, how long is this going to take, doc? I'm, I'm in a hurry. You know, or, oh, sorry, doc. I can only give you 20, 25 minutes today. You know, let's hear your pitch, right? But yet it happens in sales all the time. I also believe... And this one's going to hit home with a lot of people here. It hits home with me that people make the wrong decisions every day because they didn't allow the process to be done, right? The kind of the due diligence. And, And what I mean by the wrong decision, they might be going solely on price or they don't understand that, you know, you have a superior widget over your competitors, right? Or they don't understand that, 
you know, this is something that they can actually grow into and will grow with them as opposed to something less expensive that they're going to have to replace with something else. And then you add the two together and they actually spent more than your solution. There's a million ways that people make the wrong decision and including rushing the process. But all three of these reasons right here, and I'm going to give you an example of uh, the agenda statement that I teach in uh, the sales program that we're going to be talking about at the end of the podcast. But all three of these reasons, right, have to do with control. The first one, control, duh. Well, of course, that has to do with control. Setting up a collaborative relationship really is a, a, is a great way to control it because if we are now working together and I'm not necessarily trying to sell you and you're trying to evade me and I'm not giving you all the information I'm withholding and you're withholding or whatever, it's, we're both getting nowhere fast. And collaborative to me is very, very important. And again, being seen as that equal. And then of course, establishing the right buying selling environment is, is critical and and it is a form of control because um <laughs> i i don't want you making your decision on price whether or not you're going to hire me as a sales coach i i've never competed on price but i'm not going to wait until you want to negotiate right i i you know i want to set the proper environment for you to make a better decision okay so now i want to talk to you about a proposed agenda statement. I'm going to go through it in its entirety. And then what I'm going to do is break down each section of the agenda statement. By the way, my agenda statement, I think it probably takes 20 to 30 seconds to say. It's very short and sweet and to the point. But I'm going to break down each part of it after I go through it uh, one time, you know, start to finish. Break it down and then show you how these sections are checking the boxes that I laid out before. Control, collaborative relationship, establishing the proper buying and selling environment. All right. So here's kind of a sample of something that I might say. So I might begin the meeting. Let's just say I'm meeting with Janice. Janice, first and foremost, I want to thank you for taking the time to meet with me today. With your permission, there's three things that we should consider discussing. First of all, I'd like to get a better understanding of any challenges or opportunities that you might have. Next, I'm going to share with you how we've been able to help other, and it's kind of a fill in the blank thing that I'm doing here. So I'm meeting with a printer, how we've been able to help other printers, a manufacturer, how we've been able to help other manufacturers. Let's just say it's a software company. Share with you how we've been able to help uh, other you know, software companies or whatever. And last but not least, determine a next step that makes sense for the both of us. Depending on you, I would expect that we should need 30 to 45 minutes. Is there anything else that we should add to today's agenda? And that's it, folks. Again, I'm not going to win a copywriting award here. And guys, forgive me because I was like slowing it down for you guys so that in case you're writing it out or whatever. I mean, uh, I'm from New York. We don't talk that slow. <laughs> so, uh, 
forgive me. I don't want you to think, man, you know, I don't know what, what meds Paul's on today, man. But he's going a little slower than usual, man. I don't know if he's caffeinated or whatever. Well, the guy's hammered drunk, wicked drunk. So let's break this down so you know what's going on. So this whole business of first and foremost, I want to thank you for taking the time to meet with me. There's a little psychology that I'm doing there. And by the way, there's not one word in here that's in here by accident. I I need you guys to understand that. I've carefully thought this out. I've chosen my words wisely. The reason why I kind of start with, I want to thank you for taking the time to meet with me. There are a lot of people in business who are kind of that type A type, right? Or that controlling type. And a lot of the time we see that at the C level. We see people, um, if you're into the different personality styles or whatever, that kind of driver personality, take charge or whatever. And um, what I want to do is disarm them because if they feel that we're about to have an alpha male fight, they're going to push back. And now I got to fight, right? From the start. See, what I want them to do is I want them to lower their guard. Not so I could sucker punch them, by the way, but so now we can embrace each other in an actual dialogue and not a pissing contest. So the way I do it is by exercising a little humility. And that's why, you know, and also too, uh, before I get into or actually has to do with the humility, a lot of people look at us salespeople as controlling and manipulative. So by saying, you know, I I really want to thank you for your time. It, to me, it forces them to lower the guard. One very quick thing I just want to say, and I don't hear it as much as I have in the past, but it never sat well with me. There are a lot of people who think, don't do that. No, you're going to, you know, you're thanking them or whatever. You shouldn't be thanking them. They should be thanking you. Bullshit. And I'm serious. Bullshit. Uh, Value the other person's time. And yes, they should value your time, but... Nine out of 10 times, we have set this meeting. We were the ones who sent them a cold email or we reached out through LinkedIn or we made a phone call or whatever. And I, 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 I see no downside in it. And P.S., I've been thanking people for their time for 30-something years. And I promise you, Nobody thinks I'm a lightweight for saying that. Then that's the other thing. People say, well, they're going to they're gonna think you're a wimp and they're going to walk all over. For saying thank you? I mean, you know, check yourself. I mean, seriously, that's just a, like a dick attitude. So I start with that, right? First and foremost, I want to thank you for your time. I want the guard to lower. And, what I, and then I just continue that psychology, right? Or that psychological tactic of the humility and being gracious gracious, and also just being, you know, all about um, not coming across too controlling, I guess is what I'm saying. Now, the second part is when I say, with your permission, right? Again, I'm being respectful to them. So with your permission, permission i was hoping we could cover three things now the first thing right that we had mentioned in the agenda statement is the very first item is learn more about your challenges and opportunities there's a big mistake that's made in sales i talk about it all the time people always say find the pain 
You know, talk about the challenges. First of all, who are you at that point to assume that they they have pain? You don't even know. So I don't even want to... I, I, the last thing I want to do is use the wrong word choice with somebody that I know about 15 seconds at this point. So that's why I, I use both challenges and opportunities. Plus, I want to go back to the point that I make all the time on this podcast. If you are only looking for pain, you have not served the prospect. If you're only looking for pain, you have not served them properly. In fact, just like in the medical world, I would go as far as to say you're guilty of sales malpractice. I'm dead serious. You are not serving them properly because pain does not always exist. It doesn't. And if you're only focusing on, you know, the pain, guess what you miss out on? Something that's not painful. It's called opportunity. So you always should be looking for both. Either pain, a challenge, you know, which falls under pain, or an opportunity. So that's what we do there. Now, I'm going to tell you a little trick that you can do here. You could do this one in a face-to-face meeting or in you know a a, a zoom meeting right where where you got the cameras on it's got to be a cameras on type of thing otherwise forget it man this isn't going to work you're gonna look like a jackass if you do this next part and i'm sorry i'm laughing because i was watching that uh it was happy gilmore right i always mix up the happy gilmore movie and the billy madison one but i think happy gilmore was the one where he was golfing remember that guy that was taunting him like yeah nice move jackass right i'm sorry it's just <laughs> i just think it's good and it's about as equally humiliating as uh to slap a man in the face and call him a bitch because i think that's very um it's very humiliating to a, to a man anyway um so anyway, um, a cool little trick that you could do, either face-to-face or whatever. So you remember I said um, in that first thing that you want to cover in the meeting, when you say, you know, first I'd like to learn more about any challenge or opportunity. So what you do, um, we all know you're supposed to do your homework before any kind of meeting, and certainly, you know, when you prospect too. But if you're going into a meeting, man, you got to do your homework, but what is doing your homework look like, right? It's really not a tangible thing, at least to the prospect or whatever. But I think you could establish a lot of credibility with somebody, which, by the way, establishing credibility, you know, gives you more control because they trust you. They know you're somebody taking their time seriously. One of the things you could do is use this phrase, and uh, I'll tell you the phrase in a minute, but it. Take some of your research, put it in a file folder, so you have it printed out, some of the things or whatever, and you know, on those things, you could even have some questions written out, because it shows them that you've done your homework, and it kind of proves it to them. So now you could use this phrase, and you could say, you know, I've obviously done my homework, and you're going to tap a file folder, and on the file folder, you know, if the name of the company is, you know, Acme, 
<laughs> you know, you could just write Acme Company on there or whatever. So, you know, obviously I've done my homework on the, Ac- Ac- you know, Acme Company, not Acme, by the way. That would be zits and, and, and such. Tap it. And then you say, so, you know, but I want to learn more about any specific challenges or opportunities. Okay. So that's the first part of the whole thing. Now, you know, the second part is um, the part where we say, share with them, you know, share with you how we've been able to help other printers, other software companies, right? And by the way, if you don't have anyone in that vertical that you've helped, you can even bring it on a local level, you know, other businesses in the area, other Suffolk County businesses, other companies here in the city, things like that you can do as well. But that's kind of, you know, on the second step right there, right? Share with you. And again, it gives you that credibility, which gives you control. Remember we said control is a big part of this. The third part is where we say, determine a next step that makes sense for the both of us. This is very important in control because it sets a level of expectation. It lets them know that, hey, by the end of the meeting, man, um, we're not going to play, you know, jerk the sales rep around, right? We're not going to play a guessing game. Should I call? Maybe I shouldn't call. Maybe I should wait. Maybe they think I'm too anxious. No, man, we're going to know exactly where the F we stand. Both of us, we're both, we're in it together, man. Right? By the end, we're going to know where we stand. So you are basically letting them know, bro, you're going you're gonna to let me know by the end of the meeting, and I'm going to let you know. And again, it, it, it reinforces that collaborative vibe that we talked about, right? And, uh, and we'll get back to that collaborative vibe in a moment. So determine a next step that makes sense for the both of us. I like to include that makes sense for the both of us thing. So they understand that, hey, man, my time is invested in this too. I'm not going to say that to them. But again, you know, I I obviously will want to know where we stand and you should too. So (laughs) then we have that other part where I say, Is there anything else that we should add to the agenda? That's what we're getting back to that collaborative thing. Remember that collaborative thing that we've been talking about? Because I want to let them know, hey, this is a two-way street. And, you know, I I, I want this to be not just about what I think we should do. I want to do what you want to do. So that's part of the collaborative thing. Now, the other thing that I do Oh, I'm sorry, and I kind of skipped the step. Depending on you, I expect we should need 30 to 45 minutes. I always give a range. And um, you guys know how long it takes to do your discovery call or a typical meeting or a typical demo or whatever that meeting is going to be. Because remember, you could use this throughout the entire sales process and your sales cycle. And then even when they become a client, you could use the same thing. You could just change some things around, right? So I like to give a range. There's a reason why I do this. There's some people who think, oh man, don't remind them how much time they might go and tap out. I would rather they tap out on me. And when I say tap out, sorry, you know, I don't have 30 to 45 minutes. And by the way, even though when we set the appointment, I always make it very, very clear, we'll need about 30 to 45 minutes. When I send them, there's always a kit 
that I send um, my prospects. Once we're gonna we're gonna have a demo together, and I FedEx something to them. Sometimes I just you know email it to them, and there's a kit, and in there is actually um, an agenda, and it even says what kind of time should be allocated for this. But my 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 point is. You know, some people get upset. Why would you do that? You're giving them an out. Well, here's how I look at it. How many times have we been in meetings where all of a sudden, it's not like we're boring them. It's just that they had a different expectation of the time that was going to be involved. And then they say, hey, if you don't mind, how much longer is this going to take? Or now you're you're into the meeting like 15 minutes ago. Look, I, I really have to apologize. I should have told you this, but I, I actually ha- only have about 20, 25 minutes. And meanwhile, in your head, you're thinking you had 45 to an hour. So here's my thing. I would rather find out that we have a disconnect on the time situation, what, 30 to 45 seconds into a meeting, than 15 minutes in and learning that I only have five more minutes. See, if I find out at the beginning of the meeting, I have options. I could choose at that point to say, hey, with respect, it's definitely going to take longer than the amount of time that you were figuring. Let's, you know, postpone today, right now. Let's get our calendars open and talk about a day when you can give me 30 to 45 minutes because this is going to require an informed decision. And I want to make sure you have all the facts that you can make the best possible decision. Right, So that's why I do that at the beginning. And by the way, when we have the proper amount of time, it checks that other box that I mentioned in the beginning. We want to establish the proper buying and selling environment. Um, again, I don't think it would make much sense to go to your doctor and say, hey, listen, bef- you, know, um, you know, is this going to take a long time? Meanwhile, you know, you've been having heart issues. And, you know, or meanwhile, you're bleeding. It's going to take a long time to stop the bleeding because, you know, I kind of have a thing afterwards, right? So, you know, that's not the proper environment. But it's no different in sales. So we have to have that proper environment. So, you know, that that's what we're doing there, just so that you guys know. And, uh, again, I had mentioned before, you know, is there anything else that we should add to the agenda that establishes the collaborative environment? Now, there's something else that I add to this, and I almost shouldn't get into it in the episode. I'm going to do it. And even though it's kind of separate from the agenda statement, I kind of just, um, you know, just attach it to it, almost in the same breath. And... Once I ask that question, is there anything else that we should add to today's agenda? Whether they say, hey, yeah, I want to talk about your coaching program, Paul. Yeah, I want to talk about, you know, how you would handle a new sales rep or a sales manager that everybody wants to, you know, strangle or whatever it is. Whether they tell me things they want added or they say, no, man, we're good. This seems like a really complete agenda. Let's get down to business. I immediately then transition into the first question that I always ask. And I suggest this is the first question that you guys ask too. I don't care what kind of business it is. I don't care what kind of an opportunity it is. I don't care if it's a big opportunity, a small opportunity, kind of the equivalent of a one night stand or an ongoing opportunity, it doesn't matter. I always ask the same question. And it really has to do 
with the whole theme of today's podcast. It has to do with this idea of, you know, kind of establishing that control. And uh, what I do is the very first question I ask, granted, I called you. What prompted you to take this meeting with me today? Granted, I called you. What prompted you to take this meeting with me today? Now, that granted I called you works when you have called them or you reached out to them, you cold called them, you cold emailed them or whatever, right? And obviously, you could change around the world. Granted, I emailed you. Granted, I reached out to you on LinkedIn, right? So the reason why I have that is because Back uh, when your Uncle Paul here had hair, I was changing a lot of things in my sales, right? And, and certainly today I do it too. But back then, man, there was a lot of things that needed a lot of love in my approach. And when I would say to them, what prompted you to take this meeting with me? Do you know how many people would say, well, I don't know, you called me, which I think has got to be the stupidest effing reason to take a meeting it's like oh so like i would never say this but like i wanted to say so anybody calls you they just get a meeting with you you got nothing to do i mean certainly there must be a reason right so i just wanted to take it off the table granted i called you so if you didn't call them then you know you could just get right into it what prompted you to uh take you know to want to to want to meet right however way you want to word it but the reason why we ask this question, and it does have to do with control, and has to do with uh, having the proper buying and selling environment, which kind of leads back to control, is because now you can focus the majority of the prospect's time too, by the way, your time, the prospect's time, on what they want to address instead of some silly guessing game seriously 20 questions to figure out what the hell is on their mind why would you possibly burn precious precious time on trying to guess what's on their mind like i just think that is the dumbest thing in sales and i say it's dumb because i did it for years i did it probably for over a decade you know you got to do a good needs analysis and, and you're sitting there and it's like you're playing 20 questions with them so if we start off by saying, hey, you know, what prompted you to want to talk about printing with me? Or, you know, what prompted you to want to talk to me about sales training or sales coaching? Or simply, what prompted you to take this meeting with me today? Now, it allows us now, immediately, now at this point, we're not two minutes into the damn meeting. We're going to focus on what they want to talk about. I got to beat up the point a little more, folks. I'm sorry. I'm going to do it. Sorry, not sorry. I want you to imagine going to the doctor. And, uh, you know, let, let, let's say, you know, screw it, man. You, you go to the dentist. And, and you got a tooth hanging on by a thread, man. Like, if you sneeze, this thing's going to come flying out of your mouth, man. Might knock the other person the hell out. Damn tooth is hanging on by a thread, a thread or a thread, whatever, man. But you get the point. I'm so upset. I'm not even saying the right shit here. That's how, that's how upset I am about this tooth that you have. This tooth with an F. And you go to the dentist, and the dentist starts asking you a bunch of dopey 
effing questions that have nothing to do with the tooth. And, and, and by the way, they do that anyway, and so do physicians. But, you know, they're asking you where you live and, you know, your lifestyle. And they're asking, but, but medically, they're asking you questions about your eyes. Meanwhile, you, your tooth is hanging on by a thread. Asking you, you know, your bowel movements, man. Let's just bring them patient after a little while. And I think especially with uh, the sea level, they're very conscious of their time. And I think they're, they're really, well, they, they're, they're very sharp when it comes to assessing if something is a waste of their time. And if you're sitting there talking about toenails when that guy's tooth is ready to pop out, I think you're off the same page, man. You're not on the page with them. That's no good. So that's what we want to do. So kind of to summarize everything here today, we want to use the agenda statement, not because it's something you do or you've always done or you heard that, you know that. It's sales 101. It's basic basic, uh, blocking and tackling. You're not doing that. You're certainly not doing it because it's what you, you know, your response is because you do it at the beginning of the meeting. No, you do it because it's going to help you establish control. It's going to help you create a collaborative relationship, you know, kind of peer-to-peer type of stuff. You do it because it's going to help you establish the proper buying and selling environment. We broke down each step of the agenda statement. Then we talked about a question that I think, even though it transitions transitions us into the next phase of the meeting, which is the discovery, right? The needs analysis. I almost consider this first question a part of it because what I want to do is flow seamlessly into it. Right, I don't want to chop it up and there's so much of a pause that I lose that control I just established. So we talked about that question. The question simply is, granted I called you, what prompted you to take this meeting with me? Granted I called you, what prompted you to want to talk about you know, improving the closing rate of your sales team? So you could do that, all right? So there you have it, folks. It's a very simple thing that you've been around forever, right? And I'm sure when you first heard me talk about it today, you'd want to say, duh, I mean, come on, Paul. This is, this is so simple what you're saying. But I think because you've written it off as simple, you haven't, understand, you haven't understood the psychological ramifications of the agenda statement. You know, the, you know, and certainly the ability to take control without being controlling. So before you go, If you like these tips that you're getting from me, I'd like to ask a favor of you, and I'd like to offer a resource. Here's the favor, and I'm going to say something that might piss some of you guys off, but I asked for this favor months ago, and I never asked for a favor here, and nobody did shit. Nobody did anything. Seriously, and it kind of bothered me, right? And the favor that I asked is that if you've been getting value from this podcast if you simply go by apple podcasts and write a review about the podcast don't just give me you know the five stars i please you know i i would enjoy those five stars from you but please take a moment to write a few words now i'm not asking for it because i'm a you know an attention whore and i need that or whatever i'm asking for it 
because the more positive reviews this podcast gets, the higher they rank it over on Apple Podcasts. And again, that isn't a popularity thing for me. I make no extra money because I'm the cool kid in school. But what happens is because it's ranked higher, we can get this out to more people like you who are going to find value from it. And remember, the price is right here. It's free. So imagine that you have this free advice and in the form of over 352 episodes going back to 2010, all at your disposal. And what we simply want to do is just get more people to be able to experience a free resource. So if you would do that, you would absolutely make my day. And then the second thing is a resource. Again, if you've been finding value in this podcast, I'd love for you to check out our 2022 sales program. And the big change that I made with the program was giving you resources, right? And giving this to you in a form that it's one-on-one. You're not in a classroom with a bunch of other strangers learning some stuff that's applicable, some stuff that's not. This is going to be 100% customized to what you need. And it's only going to be me and you on that phone call, nobody else. So we could focus in on what's important to you. Between the sessions, you're going to get feedback from me. How? Because there'll be some homework assignments. There'll be sort of check-in emails that you'll send me. When you do a homework assignment, you'll get feedback. When we do the check-in assignment, you know, you'll get, or, or the check-in updates that you'll, you'll send me, you'll get feedback. But even more so, there's this help desk functionality, right, that we have. And what that means is, is imagine between sessions, you run into a challenge and a need to, you know, having someone other than your sales manager to get some advice from somebody kind of like, you know, who's going to look at it from a different perspective. What if you receive an email from someone and you're just not 100% sure how to respond? You could forward that to me. What if you're writing an email and you want feedback? Hey, Paul, could you check this out? Any pointers here? This is what I'm thinking about doing. Here's the scenario. I'm there for you between sessions. And then last but not least, and this was the biggest change that I made to the existing program we had, is in the past, you'd have to pay for six months. It's a six-month program, and you can renew after that. I mean, I have people that have been with me, actually, since 2013. You can, you know, in the past, you had to pay for six months up front. Now, it's just simply month-to-month, which I'm sure we'd both agree is a lot more affordable, right, than having to shell out six months' worth of it. If you'd like to learn more, and I'm hoping you do. You know, here it is, folks. It's February. Already, this year seems it's showing signs of going real fast. I mean, it just seems like the other day, man, we were coming up on year-end and saying, year-end's coming. Year-end came and went. All of a sudden, now it's the new year. Yeah, we're going to go get them. And then all the piss and vinegar wears off, and we go back to doing the same things we've always done. If you really want to get different results this year, It's time to do something about it. Stop consuming the shit, right? All the podcasts and just reading things and all that and start doing something with it. 
And to me, this is the best environment with this program because you're going to have a wingman. You're going to have an accountability partner who's going to keep you on track, who's not going to accept your excuses. I'm going to be kind about it. I'm not going to be obnoxious with you, but I'm going to take the investment rather seriously and I'm going to get you on track and move you toward those goals. So if you'd like to learn more, yoursalesplaybook.com slash sales 22 yoursalesplaybook.com slash sales 22 with that i'm paul castain from yoursalesplaybook.com i am wishing you an incredible week ahead go get it the sales playbook podcast is a castain training systems production visit our blog by going to yoursalesplaybook.com slash blog